Hello, everyone. Welcome to Digital Nomad Mastery, the podcast where we teach you how to make money while traveling the world. And a lot of us, we have our travel dreams to visit every country in the world or every city or uh, do all these extreme sports. And a lot of us, we, we hold back because of our fears, insecurities, self-doubts, etc. Uh, our guest today, Ella, she's actually coaching herself around the world. Uh, she's actually originally from Vancouver, BC, Canada, same hometown as myself. And now she's actually in Spain. And I'm over here in Suriname, so we have uh, connected... Uh, from, uh, we've connected back in our hometown uh, in person through events and uh, networking, et cetera. And now we're connecting to the uh, beauty of technology at different, in different continents, Europe and South America. So Ella, uh, maybe you could share a little bit about yourself. I know you're a passionate a traveler, a digital nomad, a life coach, success coach, et cetera. So uh, uh, for the sake of the viewers and listeners, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, thanks, Ricky. I was just, I was trying to think of when we last met and I think I had put you in an aerial silk hammock and laid you down and you had kept yes. saying don't flip me upside down don't flip me upside down yes, just lying exactly. down is good enough so that's where that's where we first met i think and uh between vancouver and now in malaga spain uh i've been to 104 countries so like you said i had the big dream um i bit the travel bug when i was uh let's see 25 after university, I kind of thought I'd be doomed and doomed to a nine to five job forever and ever. So I should travel now before I get doomed. That was the mindset of a 25 year old. So I started traveling and then did get a job in New York City that I loved for a while until I didn't. And so I'm halfway through the dream. There's 90 something countries left to visit from all over the world. And it's been really interesting to do it as a single woman or started as a single girl now single woman and as a digital nomad so throughout the years between now and then it's about it's been about a decade um, I've become a certified success coach I'm a licensed psychotherapist you know just like you said we have fears we have crap we have stuff we need to deal with so I'm a licensed psychotherapist and lifestyle entrepreneur so I take my business everywhere I go with me and uh, it keeps me company and sometimes I keep it company. Sometimes I'm the boss, sometimes it's the boss. It varies depending on where I am. Awesome, so we'll go inside of your travels and also the no. Plus, plus countries. Oh, say that last question again. You cut out for a second. In terms of uh, income generation, um, you know, uh, how are you able to visit these hundred? Uh, did you get my question, Eleni? Yeah, I did. I did. So, uh -huh. in terms of um, the question of how how do you make income while traveling, um, I think the first thing I wanted to share with people is how I went traveling around the world at 25. I did one of those Star Alliance around the world tickets and just went traveling for three months around 11 different countries. And it was a dream come true. It was so much fun until about three days until the end of the trip where I realized, oh, like I, I miss being a contributing member of society. I felt like I was just kind of bumming around. It was, it was extraordinary and a dream come true, but I miss that part of being, and not just productive, but contributing to the world. So that's when it planted the seed of, I want to figure out a business where I can take online with me, take to any country that has Wi-Fi uh, with me. So over the years, I didn't really choose to become a digital nomad. So that's part of the message I want to share. Like it, 
it chose me in the sense that I was supposed to go on a, a blind date. He stood me up and I thought I reached an age where I'm like, fuck this shit. <laughs> like, I will take my, you might want to bleep that out, but I will take myself on a date. So I bought a ticket to the wellness show that we have every year in Vancouver. I walked in the first booth, this woman jumped out at me and said, would you like a laser session? And I thought like, to wax my eyebrows or to shave my legs? Like, what are you gonna laser me on? Um, and it turns out she a laser coaching session. So that's kind of how I discovered coaching and found my way to coaching. And I also knew that I didn't wanna just coach in one place so I could take that around the world with me as long as I coach over the phone and that that's kind of how it evolved so I, I love sharing with people that it kind of just happened you know it, it it chose me so sometimes we need to hang back a little and, and just let the universe or let God guide us and then you'll know to give it a try and then when it feels right you keep trying and you keep trying and then it became bigger and bigger and um, I developed the more, uh, I call them tiers, like I did when I started, and then eventually I had group programs, so it bumped up the one-on-one -on -one program price, and then eventually I had an e-course, which bumped up the group price and the one-on-one -on -one price, then eventually I had an e-book, so it, it wasn't all done at once, sitting at home, you know, killing myself working, and then click launch, now I can travel. I just, I traveled to one country, you know, tech kept developing it. Then I traveled to three, came back, kept developing it a bit. You know, went to five, came back, you know, and then eventually uh, took the whole business online with me to, I had done 16 countries a week in each country to try to find where I want to live. You know, where's my home? Uh, amazing journey you've been on, and uh, I like how you said, uh, it took time to develop the, the whole coaching side of things with the webinars, the e-courses, uh, the coaching, the group coaching, etc. So, yeah, uh, what's, exactly. What, what area of coaching do you specialize in, Ellie? So I work with women entrepreneurs. There's, uh, there's this trend with women overachievers who, who try so hard to be the best man they can be. And so my job is to try to undo the, the manliness and undo the, the trying to be the best man they can be and simply be the best woman they can be, however, whatever that means for them. So, you know, when, when mentors tell people, you know, do more, go more, for my group of women overachievers, it's more like do less, slow down. So it's this whole other paradigm shift that sometimes you don't need to do. Sometimes you can just be let loose let go a bit and things signs serendipity magic will happen and so many women start with like well that's so flu flu unicorn rainbow you know like i need a plan i need a strategy i need a and in the end by the time we finish coaching it's more like oh wow you'll never guess what happened or like you'll never guess you know this thing i met this person and her sister and discovering, discovering an easier, simpler way to do things. 
Awesome. So, uh, uh, yeah, definitely. Uh, I, I see that with women uh, becoming more man, man, man in, the, yeah. in the relationship. So uh, good on you for re-feminizing them. <laughs> yeah. And the converse is true. A lot of men are becoming mo much more feminine and letting the, letting the, the women rule the show. So men need to be re-masculinized. So good on you for what you're doing. Thank you. Uh, so Ella, Ella, tell us a little bit about your travel side of things. I mean, uh, that's pretty impressive to be to 100 plus countries. I've only been to like 65 and I know even that people are amazed. Oh, you've been to 60 plus countries and there was definitely uh, a lot of hard work to visit all of these countries and all these places. So tell us about uh, what, how did you get up to over the century mark already? <laughs> over the century mark. Okay, so let's see. I'm thinking of some really concrete travel tips. Um, I would say, okay, number one was, I'll, I'll use Haiti as an example. Um, ever since the 2006 earthquake, when I used to work with Doctors Without Borders, I wanted to go to Haiti, I wanted to help, I wanted to be of service. But at the time, you know, my boss wouldn't let me, or, or just, it wasn't the right timing or the right place. But I always wanted to go. I've seen pictures of the north, the, like, the thousand rolling hills and the green. So my strategy was to tell no one, absolutely no one, to you know, research online. I mean, there's tons of travel bloggers. I'm not a travel blogger, but there's tons of information out there. So I figured out how to get to uh, the island, and I went from the Dominican Republic side, took a bus into the Haiti side, and the keys I told no one. I mean, my best friend had my travel itinerary in case of emergency. I was registered with the Canadian Embassy in case of emergency, so I did do smart things like that, but I told no one. I went, I had the time of my life, it was amazing, had everything arranged, had been picked up, um, had everything organized and just made new friends. The hotel owners were extraordinarily kind. The country is, it's going through tough times and yet I felt safe, you know, I just, I didn't tell people, I didn't let their fears, I didn't let them barf their fears all over me which people do because they love you, they're concerned about you, they want you to stay safe, right? Especially if you're traveling with children, especially if you're a single gal. Um, so that I would say that's the number one thing about travel that I've learned. Like, yes, have your, maybe not your mother because she'll worry about you, but have a best friend or colleague or someone close to have your itinerary, but not tell people, just go, do your thing. I've, I've heard the same thing from fellow female travelers about Nigeria time of their life nobody robbed them nobody even you know whistled or cat called them it was it was a great time so it's really about not letting like putting up boundaries of not letting people puke their fears all over you um what else i would say spreadsheet i'm, I'm a pretty big fan of spreadsheets of, of laying out you know cities countries i have a column for people i want to see oftentimes i go to a place to meet someone that I, I met online and just, or through the same coaching school or through uh, different women in business programs. So to, to meet people in person, so I have a column for that. And I have a column for um, things, you know, swimming with dolphins and hand gliding in Rio and just really epic moments and experiences for me that I want to experience. And surprisingly to a lot of people, some of those things on that list isn't what you would find, you know, top 10 on TripAdvisor or, you know, three must-dos on Lonely Planet. It's just 
do things that other people think you should do. You know, go have experiences that you want to have. And I remember going to Prague and spending the whole day, whole day, like 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. in their central library. You know, some people would think it's super boring, but that's what I wanted to do, so that's what I did. And so, yeah, I definitely want to pass that message on to people. Like, do what you think is fun, not what the magazines and the websites rate is fun. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, some days it, it might be just, uh, you know, through just like word of them. And that's uh, what you need to do in South Africa, Brazil, Argentina. Uh, and now uh, we've been from my area, which is like straight now, French guy and Suriname and, and, and English guy. And I've taken it a little bit slower now. And now I'm more doing a little bit more of the work side of things, launching my courses and my podcast. And uh, just like uh, going into work mode. And nothing wrong with that. You don't need to be sightseeing all the time. Yeah, exactly. I, I totally agree. And so when I was country hopping and was doing one country every week, people thought it was crazy. But you know, crazy is a spectrum, and so your normal might be my boring, and so my crazy might be your super duper crazy. So it's it's all relative, and I but I did have a structure. Like I would fly every Monday. I'd get in, get settled, uh, find the grocery store. So you know, have you know self care. Like have food at home ready to go. It was less expensive than eating out, and I get to cook it myself. Simple like salads, stir fries. So that would be Monday, kind of get oriented, get settled. And then Tuesday would be my sightseeing day. Go out, do what I want, again, what I want to do, what I think is fun. And then Wednesday, Thursday, I would coach my clients. I would be connected online. So when you have that kind of schedule and you dedicate two days a week to being online, then it makes everything else kind of more condensed, you know, you think, okay, so if I only have 48 hours of internet, what needs to be done? You know, what needs to be online? What upload or download do I need to make? And then usually the weekend, I do something completely disconnected, like camp in the desert in Jordan, in Petra, or go hand gliding in Rio, or go swim with the dolphins in St. Kitts. So it's completely disconnected, and then start again on Monday. So even though it's not a nine to five structure, and even though it's not a four hour week structure, it was my structure, you know, to get settled in a bit, to get Tuesday, get grounded oriented, Wednesday, Thursday work, and then have fun, you know, use the weekend to kind of recuperate and then Monday start over. And it worked for me. You know, if that's too intense for people, give yourself more time. If that's too boring for people, then squish it in. You know, you get to do what you want. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely a recurring theme here. So, Ella, I, I, I'm curious about how do you manage the 100 stall? Did you uh, go continent by continent, uh, basically like in Europe, covering as many countries and Asia, as many countries, or uh, was it a little bit more organic so you'd uh, combine them all? So, tell us a little bit about, uh, you know, how did you go country yeah, by country yeah. and eventually hit, hit 100 plus? I actually love that question because I never really thought about it until you asked me now and because and I'm always curious of how people did it or reached mm -hmm. 100 or, or all of yes. them. Uh, exactly. it, wasn't, it wasn't a strategic like big map. I didn't map the whole thing. I just traveled a bit and then through work when I was based in New York, uh, I worked within the United Nations umbrella. So I got to travel 
you know, just sporadically. And then um, with graduation and the trip around the world, I think I was, I was about 30 countries. So it was just like random, whatever I felt like doing. Some was for work, some was personal. And then uh, when I started my business, I thought, okay, let's, let's, you know, slow and easy. I'll go to Chile, work from there, see if anybody notices I'm gone. And when I got home to Vancouver, nobody knew the difference. It was only after that I posted my photos and my clients were like, what, you went to Chile? We had no idea because it was the same number they called. It was the mm. same me. Mm. And I thought, okay, if I pulled it off, like, okay, now I can publicize it. So the next year went to Greece, Italy, and Brazil. And it just grew from there uh, till about 45, 50, 45 so countries. And then um, the next phase was the 16 countries I was talking about. So that was very planned. Mm -hmm. It was answering the question, where do I want to live? Mm -hmm. Because being a digital nomad is great. So much freedom. At the same time, you know, you, you, I think everyone wants a sense of base, of somewhere to come back to, somewhere to call you know, home. So I went to these 16 countries to see where home is to find out what feels right. I mean, you can read and read about a place or ask other people, but until you're there and you experience mm -hmm. it, then you know, like, yeah, I can see myself here. Or, oh, oh, hell no, like, thank you, this was great, had fun, never see you again. So that's, that kind of boosted the tally up to about 60 countries. And the last 40 was kind of a, uh, a declaration of, empty nest because I spent my whole life raising my brothers, my parents, as odd as that sounds, like I was parenting my parents and everyone was grown up now. So I kind of, at the age of my, in my early thirties, had this empty nest syndrome where they were all out of the nest and didn't know what to do with myself. Also was celebrating the, the five year mark of my coaching practice. You know, they say 80, 90% of, Businesses don't make it past five years. So mine did at that point. It made it past five years. It's like all grown up now, you know, right off to school, no longer in diapers. And at the same time, my father had passed away. And he, for all the things he did right, he just never really enjoyed, you know, like pure enjoyment of life, of everything the world has to offer, of culture, diversity freedom like he was always there for us always there for everyone and never really just declared and did something for him so to honor that his memory um his wanderlust before he got married he traveled to madagascar and all over the world as a marine engineer before he got married so you combine those three things all together and i decided 60 to 100 that's 40 if i did a country a week yeah, within a year I could do it. So that was like a big Excel sheet. That was planned. That was, you know, very strategic. Google flights.google.com uh, flights was my favorite. And, you know, in the Caribbeans would, I called them to see, I basically asked them, so how can I book a flight that will stop in every island? So they laughed and, you know, we got to be friends, me and the agent, and they helped me plan that segment. So it was a lot more thought out. And I think from the feedback I got, it's given other people permission to country hop because 
you know, the, um, what's that lovely young lady, Cassandra something, the youngest who had been to every yeah, country in the world, yeah. right? She yes. got so much uh, flack and criticism for country hopping. And I thought, why? Because if, if you're there and you're having fun and you're experiencing something and two, three days later, you know, it doesn't resonate anymore, move on, like freedom with a capital F. So that I, by doing that myself, I thought, okay, like I think we're onto something here. You know, you do it your way. If you wanna live in a country for three years, learn the language, get to know the people. And if you wanna pass through, try some food, meet a person, you know, to chat up your Uber driver and leave, just as great. Like, who are we to say what's great for someone and what's not great for someone else? So, yeah, I really admire her and love that we're doing that because we want to, because we can, not because somebody said, you should learn the language of the country or you should stay longer and get to know the people and develop a nonprofit and, you know, get to work in the ministry and all that jazz. It's like, whoa, people, go live your own life. <laughs> go enjoy your <laughs> own life. Yeah, she's actually my uh, Facebook friend, and I, I'm actually going to reach out to her to be uh, interviewed as well. So stay tuned Amazing. for that interview. Awesome. Yeah, I can't wait. <laughs> Would love to listen yeah, to so, what she has to share. Absolutely. So I'm going to ask you how you're going to conquer the next 90s. So stay tuned for that question. But in the meantime, okay. I'll share how I, I reach 60 plus because I think people are definitely interested in, in, in uh, visiting every country. So how I did it is I first did it, uh, I work and then I travel. So I first worked in Europe as a working holiday and I was in my early 20s. And then I actually did most of Western Europe, pretty much all the major countries in Western Europe as about 25 countries there. Uh, and then I did a trip to the Middle East and I did uh, six countries there, um, uh, Istanbul to Cairo overland. And then I, I finished my university uh, back in Vancouver. And then I went English, uh, taught English in Japan and then after I finished my uh, stint in Japan, then I traveled uh, most of Asia. Um, yep. So that was about another 15, 20 countries. And then I did the Oceania area, so Australia, New Zealand. And then on this current trip, uh, me and my wife, we made a decision that we're going to visit countries we both hadn't been to before. Um, so now we're doing South America, which uh, this is my first time to the continent. And then we're pretty much doing uh, every country with the exception of Venezuela because of the political situation. Yeah. Uh, and then yeah. we'll be heading to Central America, so Panama to Mexico, uh, we, which which covers most the geographic area of the world. And then we have to do the other pockets we've missed. So uh, we haven't done a lot of Eastern Europe, for example. We haven't done the rest of the Middle East and some parts of uh, Asia as well. And a lot of the islands, which are a little bit difficult to visit, so to cover all the islands. So eventually we'll also hit the 190-something mark. Yeah. Uh, so that's how we intend to do it. So, uh, tag your it. Uh, how do you? Uh, how do you? Just, how are you gonna uh, okay. complete the journey? So this this last, I think. So if we go with one ninety six, then I've got ninety two countries left. For me, it's there's no rush, so I'm not on a like must do this before a certain birthday, and um, so I have time. And instead of the last kind of forty, was more was very left brain analytical structure spreadsheet, you know, like optimized, efficient, all the flights and all the major stops. And it was very, um, is it like the masculine, masculine, the yang energy, very strategic left brain, which I love that part about me. And equally for the next 92, I want to do a more like right brain, go with the flow, you know, that column I had of the people I wanted to visit, kind of let that speak to me of, um, 
I have two clients. One keeps uh, visit, wanting me to visit uh, Ghana, and another colleague who keeps inviting me to Lebanon. So I thought, okay, there, like I'll go with the flow. And being based in Europe is a lot easier to travel. So based on who chimes up, and if I have friends coming over to Europe, then together we can go somewhere like Malta. So that's been on my list. So kind of really right brain, just go with the feeling of it, you know, go with the flow, see who wants to do it with me. So it's less about the check me out world, independent, strong woman. It's more about the like community and seeing, you know, what's where and going to some digital nomad conferences, you know, in South Africa or something like that. So just let it, the community and let the people guide me. Um, because at first I thought I'd put a timeline on it and be in a rush, but after a while, it's, you know, especially when you're by the Mediterranean, by the sea, in the sun, it's always 25 degrees plus here in Malaga in Spain. And you've got a culture of siesta and tapas and good food, good people. Um, like there's just one or two Starbucks here. So there's no grab and go culture. It's more of a sip and sit culture. So people meet for coffee and sit for two and a half hours. Like, you know what, with age, with where I'm at in my business, I'm digging that, you know, to just chill, take, go with the flow, take it easy. And who knows, maybe some, someone will from this podcast will say, hey, let's do West Africa together. Like, boom, 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 boom. Sure, let's do it together. Why not? So kind of let, let the universe guide me a little more instead of dictating everything and putting everything into a spreadsheet. That's the plan. A good way to go, and I, I, I didn't mention uh, that the other big continent I haven't covered much of is Africa, into Egypt and South Africa. And we have about 52 countries, one of the next major goals to cover Africa. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Tell us about uh, some of the struggles and challenges. Or sometimes on social media, you see the, the, the nice beaches, you see us uh, uh, smiling with our family. Me and my wife duking it out and fighting with each other, yeah. uh, throwing the tantrums in, in the middle of a park or in the middle of a mall. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You don't see I, the I stress and uh, the rushing, the rushing trains and the buses and the trains and missing the buses stuff and uh, getting angry at the. Uh, that's the reality of travel. That you will lose your temper. You'll get frustrated by the culture. You'll struggle to connect with the locals because of the language barriers. Yeah. Uh, you won't um, you'll judge because it's not like back home uh, so tell us a little bit about your challenges and your struggles and For your sure. angry moments <laughs> so I like I like to say especially for digital nomads um, you know that saying like health uh, uh, hell hath no fury like a woman scorned I would say it's like help has no fury like a woman without internet so when you when you're a digital nomad and the internet's bad even though you pre-arranged with your airbnb host or with the hotel that you know they did the how fast is your internet and they told you it was like 12 megabytes or more so you could do all that and you get there and it sucks and so like the rage like i'm smiling now because i'm over it and i have good internet now but the rage that just surmounts of like not being able to communicate especially with your clients, it's, it is enraging. And not, it's not to diminish all the world's problems, you know, the, the environment, women's rights, like all that. 
but it's also not to diminish our own emotions. You know, for feeling rage, feel it. Don't shove it down. That because that that ends ends in uh, addictions, alcoholism, drug abuse. You know, don't shove it down. Just if you're feeling enraged, be enraged. Feel it. Don't take it out on other people, but feel it. So that that's like that's the side of travel I love about personal growth. And uh, the example, the story is uh, it was a. Uh, I went paddle boarding. I had my iPhone in a waterproof case on a clip on my neck. And um, I don't know what happened. The clip snapped and I watched my phone, my brand new iPhone 6S, you know, go glug, 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 glug down the water. And I saw it. So I just, I did this. I took down my sunglasses and I dove in. And the current must have been so strong that I couldn't see it. It was in a waterproof pouch. So it was still safe, but I just, I couldn't see it anymore. So I waved the, the paddle boarders um, over to help me look and we couldn't find it. And I was so kind of just beside myself, so so turned around by it all that I actually paid scuba divers to go down and like dig for it, which completely not rational, but I don't know, like it's it's because I realized much later that my phone meant connection. It wasn't just like you know, a device. It was, it was my, I was traveling alone. So it was my safety blanket. It was, even though I didn't have a SIM card, I couldn't call 911 or emergency. It was kind of like a, you know, Linus and Charlie Brown has a blue security blanket. It was like that. Um, and yeah, in the end, uh, insurance kicked in and talking about serendipity, three days later, my best friend, was coming to Bali, and so I was flying to Bali to meet her, and we were gonna spend three weeks together there. So insurance kicked in, my cell phone provider, it was still under warranty, so they just gave me a brand new phone, and she showed up on the airplane and handed me my new phone three days later. I was like, what the, wow, that, that was, wow. The rage, and then the wow, and the, yeah, the ups and downs, so it's, it's, it's life. I mean, it's a bit more amplified because you're traveling mm -hmm. and like you said, language barrier, sleep deprivation. So all that is a bit amplified, but it, it's like life at home. You know, people pass away, people give birth and you miss out. And it's just tra it, being on the road is just like being at home, but a little more intense. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Um, and thanks for sharing some of the struggles. I, I could just imagine how upset I'd be if I saw my iPhone uh, drown. Uh, but, but I'm glad there was yeah. a happy ending to that story. Yeah, 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 for sure. So, Ella, tell us about why Spain. I mean, uh, you already have done 100 plus countries. You still want to see this world. Uh, but what made you choose uh, Malaga, Spain to settle uh, temporarily? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, when I emailed my family and said, you know, I'm having a farewell party in Vancouver and I'm moving to Spain, that'll be my new home base. Everyone was like, yeah, haha, yeah, right. You know, for someone who travels and moves around, we, you know, we don't really believe you. But it was one of those things, like I said, you reach a point where you want a home base. And because so much of Africa I haven't seen yet, traveling from Europe down to Africa is so much easier than... Um, and also, I knew I wanted sun, warm, and ocean, sea, or you know, being close to the ocean. So I had narrowed it down to Buenos Aires in Argentina, Lisbon in Portugal, and Malaga or Barcelona in Spain. 
And by process, I think this happens a lot for women and for some men. We, we women don't always know what we want, but we know what we don't want. So I figure by process of elimination, um, Argentina wasn't as stable as a you know economy long term. If I was going to buy real estate, I wasn't too sure about it. So it left Portugal and Spain. And then I know four languages and Portuguese would be a fifth. So my brain was kind of shouting at me of like, stop, stop, we can't take on another language. It's all confused in here. So I think like, we really should listen when, when you get those voices, like stop or go. So I listened to that. So then it became Spain. And I've reached a point in my life where I want quiet. You know, like Barcelona is awesome and I've been there before, but there's hustle and bustle. And yeah, I've just reached a point where quiet is good. You know, like movie theater, silence is golden. And I wanted something big enough where there's plenty to do but small enough where it feels quaint and cozy and just very kind of retreat and spa-like. And um, yeah, and then of course the serendipity kicked in. When I picked Malaga, I Skyped my one friend, my one Spanish friend, and I asked her, her parents had retired here for the last decade or so. So I asked her, you know, where should I live in Malaga? What's a good neighborhood? And she tells me, oh, I just moved here. She's also a digital nomad and she had just moved from France back to Spain. Um, so yeah, I, I was like, I was just reaching out to her for some advice and it turns out she's just moved here a, a month before I did um, into this new flat. It's gorgeous, it's spacious, and she happens to have a spare bedroom. So now we're flatmates. Like, Whoa, I could not, we could not have planned that together to say, okay, in, you know, spring of 2017, you're going to leave France, I'm going to leave Vancouver, we're going to move in together, that there's no way we could have orchestrated all that. So I think there's room for both, you know, there's the planning and the spreadsheets, and there's room for just, whoa, like, holy wow. Like, you know, the, those arrows that go this way, signs are nudging you this way. So I came here and it's been the time of our lives. Hot men, good food. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's a good thing. <laughs> so Ella, uh, you know, you're, you're living the dream. I, I can see it in the joy in your voice and uh, uh, see it in the joy as, as you sparkle up there. But a lot of uh, other people are not living the dream. They may be depressed or they're living in the clouds, uh, clouds or the raininess of Vancouver or, or anywhere mm -hmm. else in the world. And they really want uh, to live this dream as a coach or um, uh, just uh, working online. But they don't know where to start, uh, and maybe they want to visit every country, but they've only, uh, they've never left North America or they've never left their province. So where do you start? Where do you start? Okay. I have something I call um, looking for the it factor. So if you picture, you know, Venn diagrams and five op overlapping circles, you know, the five circles overlap in the center of this, this I call it just the it, because we can't name it. Like, is it your why? Is it your purpose? Is it your passion? Is it your calling? Like, I don't know. There's no name. That's why I call it the it factor. And so these five circles that I'm going to about to share, I think is, uh, will serve as a compass of where to start. So one of the circles, the first one is love and passion. You know, do you love what you do and are you passionate about it? 
because you know you know all the gurus the business mentors all the spiritual leaders you've got to love what you do and no i don't love every element of what i do but like the bookkeeping that i hate i give a bookkeeper to do that you know the the accounting that i hate i give an accountant to do that so to really focus on love and passion is that there secondly um talent because you could love 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 something up to the moon and back but not be very good at it yet. So get the training, get the practice, get the certification if needed, um, get the experience, get the trial and error. So the talent piece. The third is profit. If there's no profit piece, it's not a business. And I always tell people, not every hobby needs to be turned into a business. So if there's something you love and you would do it forever and forever and you're really good at it, great, keep it as a hobby. But if you really want a business that's sustainable, that you can take with you on the road, then there has to be profit. So then you've, you know, people have to face their money gremlins. Uh, the fourth element is need. Does the world need what you have to offer? Um, I see on Kickstarter all these fun gimmicks and things and toys. I, I feel like, cool, and I even donate, you know, five bucks, 50 bucks. But no, I, we don't need another dog ball tosser. You know, no, we don't need another lava lamp that makes bubbles in different colors based on your chakras like the world doesn't really need that so it's to check in with you, yourself that what you want to contribute does the world need it and lastly sustainability can you sustain the thing that you're about to launch so just looking for those five elements starting with any of the five and developing so love talent profit need and sustainability developing any of those things not all at the same time it's not doable i'll tell people that in advance but starting with one of the five and then two of five and then three of five and four of five and, and make sure that they travel and eat healthy and exercise along the way then the circles overlap and they hit that center sweet spot where they have the it factor i mean it could take years it took me Overall, it took me 10 years. So I know patience not a strong suit these days, but um, yeah, it's gonna take patience. Yeah, and it's uh, definitely hard to achieve those five areas you mentioned because there's usually an area or two or three uh, that you struggle in. It could be health, yeah. it could be wealth, it could be relationships. I, I rarely see someone who can do all well. For me, it's definitely uh, the area of my health. I, I don't work out enough, I don't exercise enough. So I, I, my family is good and finances are good and travel and enjoyment is good and I, I feel like I'm serving. But uh, there's definitely an area that I need to work on and I'm, I'm sure a lot of our listeners uh, can agree. Uh, hard to find that work-life balance in all five of those areas. Oh yeah, and I want to be sure that people know like I'm still working on my stuff. I hired a seven-figure coach to help me with my money mindset, you know, the, the whole Asian mentality of like, which work like an ox in the field, like work, 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 and then turn over and die. So to get rid of that, to get rid of the, the poverty consciousness that I was raised in, and yeah, it, it's, I'm still working on that and working in the area of collaboration. I'm kind of a, what, what we call it, the, the curse of self-sufficiency. Like I'm so independent, I'm so self-sufficient, I can take care of myself and everybody else and I can do everything myself, and. Um, but at some point, you know, it's, it's, uh, you get the lone wolf syndrome. It's so lonely to do it by yourself and it's so depressing to do it by yourself. 
Um, but I've always been, you know, a quiet introvert, and I always, like, I entertain myself. I, I don't need somebody else there. So it's to kind of break those shells, break those patterns, and do, make collaborations and, and play with people. You know, all of us have this little wounded girl or wounded boy that was left out during school or something like that. So even though I have the lifestyle and I've been to 104 countries, I'm still working on things. And even though I'm a coach, I am far from perfect. I don't nearly know everything there is to know. So it's always a work in progress, right? Uh, yeah, absolutely. And I, I'm glad you mentioned getting coached as well, because uh, even though you can be a coach, uh, most good coaches actually have multiple coaches for themselves in each of yeah. those areas. And you look at the most successful people in the world, even the, the Obamas or the athletes or the actors, they usually have a fitness coach and a, a money coach and an acting coach and a speech coach and uh, uh, name and name what you will coach, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. I've had a money mentor. I've had a personal coach. I've had a relationship coach who taught me how to date. I didn't know how to do that. I'm like, you can't treat a dude as your best girlfriend. Like, oh, you can't. Okay. Okay. So teach me what to do and teach me how to date right. Um, yeah, for sure. I've had counselors to heal like inner child stuff, past stuff. I've had... Um, kind of peers, like masterminds, to, to prompt each other and thrust each other forward. Yeah, lots of leadership programs, coach training, psychotherapy training, Brene Brown. I got to rub shoulders with her and learn from her. That was peak highlight experience, best thing I ever did to get trained um, by her. So yeah, work in progress and kind of also to be compassionate with ourselves. There will always be something that's a work in progress. It'll never ever be perfect. And so what, you know, like I, I, I'm talking to you and I love seeing your little ones just like <laughs> crawling all over you and like being involved and it's real, it's genuine, it's authentic. It's not you in the like perfect suit and tie in some five-star hotel being served crumpets. You know, it's, I, some people do that, but it's, I'd rather see her beautiful smiling face, your yeah. daughter's beautiful face. Mm -hmm. You know, it's yes. This yeah. is the real stuff. Yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, uh, uh, there's the reality of uh, hanging, having kids around, or them throwing tantrums, <laughs> or, or uh, having the internet not working all. So that's the reality of yeah. being a digital nomad. So I'm, I'm glad we've been, we've been both been able to be so real on this podcast. So Ella, if people wanted to find out more info about you, your coaching programs, uh, your travel adventures. Um, how can they connect with you online? Oh, yeah, very easily. So they can go to elanylee.com. That's E-L-L-A-N-Y-L-E-A.com. So that's my website. And um, I encourage people to join our Facebook group. It's If you go on Facebook and look for overachievers and trailblazers, that's our Facebook group where a lot of women overachievers who are going through the same thing, the curse of self-sufficiency, being hard on ourselves, being overwhelmed, um, we get you, we see you, we hear you, we understand you. So you can find me on elanelee.com and also our Facebook group for overachievers and trailblazers. Awesome. So make sure you ch check out Ella online. Make sure you connect with her on social media and uh, follow her journey as she becomes the, the girl. She's already the girl gone international and soon she'll be the girl who's completed every uh, country in this uh, planet. 
thank you so much. This was so fun. Thank you for inviting me to be on your podcast. I was listening to, um, you sent me a, a, one of the journeys of a woman with her whole family. They went eight months mm -hmm. traveling all over the world and yes, it just, yes. So inspiring because I just have me to take care of. So when you have, you know, <laughs> spouse and kids in tow, like holy shit, if you guys can do it, I can definitely <laughs> do it. So I love how we yeah. inspire each other and just, you know, keep each other strong. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, thanks once again, Ella. Um, you know, if you're if you're watching or listening to any of these podcasts, either on iTunes or on YouTube or anywhere on social media, uh, just uh, remember, you know, you got to start with one country at a time. Eventually, yeah. you'll get to twenty and thirty and forty and fifty and sixty and then hundred, and then soon you'll have them all. And if you're if you're struggling in the area of uh, getting income online, just start small. Just start with coaching a few people around you, and then uh, grow it out there. And soon you'll be living in the Spains of the world or the South Americas of the world. So thanks, everyone, for listening and watching, and we'll catch you in the next episode. And make sure you follow your dreams and make your travel dreams come true. That's good. Bye.